Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season two, episode 16 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called The House Guest. This was a fun one. I honestly think this might be pretty high in my ranks of best episodes of this show. Oh, that's interesting. Honestly, it's just a lot of crazy stuff, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of shockers. And two deaths. Two deaths. Two major romance story. Well, a lot of major romance storylines, actually. Uh, a lot of Catherine, who I stand. Just a lot of great stuff here. You can see why Catherine quickly became a fan favorite character. Yeah. But there's a lot to unpack. So let's jump into the synopsis straight from Vampire Diaries Wiki, as always. Catherine's mind games are getting on everyone's nerves. <laughs> But Damon, (laughs) Stefan, and Elena realize that her knowledge of Mystic Falls history will help them stay alive. I don't know if they ever get to that realization, though they should. Frustrated with her relationship with Matt, Caroline finds a new way to get his attention. Uh, Yep. (laughs) Yes, she does. (laughs) Alaric makes a surprising confession to Jenna, and Catherine makes a different kind of confession to Damon. (laughs) Stefan and Bonnie try to convince Jonas and Luca that they should all be working together, but Jonas's lack of trust leads to a violent and fiery confrontation. Ain't that the truth? Literally. (laughs) So we start the episode in the Salvatore house. Elena and Stefan continue to be the horniest people alive. Elena tells Stefan they're late for school and Stefan says, I don't really give a fuck. (laughs) He said, "Okay, let's be later. He said, we're already late. What's the point of rushing? We're not going to get there on time. He's like, first of all, I'm 162 years old. I actually don't care about high school. He's like, look, I'm late for first period. I can be on time for second period. Mogul mindset. Uh, So they make out and Elena's like, okay, five more minutes. And then Stefan says, roar. Yeah, it's in the captions on Netflix. It says, roar, R-A-W-R, which I don't know if you know this. That means I love you in dinosaur. (laughs) That I did know. (laughs) That's a little fun fact. I mean, he doesn't actually say raw. I mean, he kind of like gurs in a sexy way, but that being in the subtitles really brought me out of it. Quite jarring, quite jarring. Meanwhile, downstairs, Damon is having some blood, a little morning treat. And Elena walks in in a coat. She says, hey, good morning, Damon. And Damon at this time is Luna knows Catherine is here. So Damon goes up to her, chokes her and says, hey, I told you to leave. I can't believe you're wearing Elena's clothes. And Elena says... Do you think I'm Catherine? Catherine's in the tomb. Yeah, she's like, I couldn't be Catherine. Catherine's in the tomb. What are you doing? And so Damon's like, oh my God, this must be Elena. His first instinct was correct, but we'll get there. (laughs) And Stefan comes down to see Damon and Elena like really close to each other in an almost sexy way. And he says, hey, what's going on? Yeah, he's like, what is up with this? (laughs) And Elena says, you tell me, is Catherine in the tomb or not? And then Stefan is shook because he thinks he's been making out with Catherine. So he runs back upstairs to get Catherine. And he like chokes her and she's also very surprised. She's like, um, hey, Stefan, you're hurting me. Please stop. Yeah, she's like, what are you doing? Like, why are like, why are you suddenly choking me? And he's like, stop it, Catherine. And then the real Catherine, who was from downstairs, comes in the doorway and she's like, stop what? <laughs> she is so funny. It used to be very easy to tell them apart because she just didn't straighten her hair, dressed however she wanted. This time she was like, no, I'm going full out. She wanted the dramatic effect. And she got it. Yeah, she really did. Elena asks what Catherine is doing here, and Damon reviews what he knows, which is that killing Elijah released her compulsion, 
which is a special thing that original vampires can do, which I guess for whatever reason, Elena wasn't aware of. I guess why would she be aware of it? She just knew Catherine was in the tomb. Yeah. I think she, I thought she knew that's how Catherine got stuck in the tomb, but maybe they're just refreshing it for her. Yeah, refreshing the rules of compulsion that originals can compel vampires. And when originals die, the compulsion wears off. Yeah, she has a lot of rules to learn. I mean, it's good to review it every once in a while. And Elena says that she wants Catherine to leave. And Catherine says, well, actually, you kind of need me. We all want Klaus dead and you guys are running around like chickens with your head cut off. She's like, y'all are fucking doing a bad job. They don't really have a solution. They're like solving problems episode to episode. But long term, they have no plans. Long term, honestly, their best ally was Elijah. Yeah, their best plan up to this point has been Elena dies, which no one seems particularly pleased with as a plan. But it is their best. They're just kind of getting through. They're just like, well, maybe Klaus will never come to Mystic Falls. Yeah, like maybe we'll just figure this out somehow. Like I, they all seem to sometimes think they have a plan. And then it's like, oh, actually, no. Um, now this person wants to kill us. Yeah. So never mind on that. And the angrier they make Klaus, the more he's going to want Catherine dead. Yeah. And Elena says, well, you know, I don't really want Catherine's help. And Catherine says, well, that is stupid because let me ask you a couple very basic questions. Do you know where Klaus is? Do you know when he's coming? Do you know what he looks like? And so Damon tells her to like spit out what she knows. And Catherine says, mm, actually, I think I'm going to go grab lunch at the grill. Maybe Jenna's free for a bite. <laughs> Double meaning of bite. We get it. She's a vampire. Well, that pisses Elena right off because, you know, Catherine did make Jenna ki- uh, stab herself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then we go over to the school. Matt is putting up a poster for a live band playing at the grill tonight because business has been slow. How is that possible? Yeah, it's the only (laughs) restaurant in town. It's the only restaurant in town and you guys are there every week. Do y'all not pay? You guys are keeping them in business just from all the iced teas you drink. Yeah, the makeup on those is insane. Yeah, and Caroline approaches and asks about the band. And he says, oh yeah, girls just trying to stay afloat. She says, yeah, aren't we all? Matt says, hey, have you heard from Tyler? And she says, no. And he also hasn't since he stopped by the grill. Caroline asks what Tyler said when he stopped by the grill. And Matt says, Honestly, it was like he was saying goodbye without saying goodbye, even though he kind of pretty explicitly said goodbye. I feel I feel like it was pretty clear. Like if someone came up to me and said what Tyler said to Matt, I'd be like, are you going to go kill yourself right now? Like if someone came up to me (laughs) with a duffel bag and said, please take care of our mutual friend, I'd be like, oh, you're leaving town without the duffel bag. You're killing yourself. Yeah, no duffel bag. You're killing yourself with duffel bag. You're leaving town. Either way, this should have put off some alarms in Matt's head, but as we've uh, established, he is stupid. Yeah. And so Caroline asks if like, that's all he wants to talk about. And he says, yeah. And he says, is there something you want to tell me? And she says, yes, well, no. She's like, yes, but kind of can't. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, it's just not that easy. And Matt asks, since when is he the one who can express himself? And she's at a loss for words. Okay, sure, good question. And neither of you have ever been particularly good at expressing. I mean, yeah, whatever. Matt's definitely worse, but. Matt basically says, like, you know how I feel. You need to make a decision or leave me alone, which fair enough. I hope she leaves him alone. But as we see later in the episode, that's not quite what's going to happen. Clearly, we're still doing this fucking thing. Uh, Okay. so then we go out to the parking lot where Elena and Stefan are finally arriving at school late after all. Yeah, Catherine certainly slowed him down. And Elena asks Stefan why Catherine is even still here since she's free from the tomb. And Stefan said, well, she wants Klaus dead. Maybe she kind of sees us as her only chance to help. And Elena says, 
yeah, well, maybe she's just trying to like lure you back into her web, which I think is probably the smarter read here, because obviously here's the thing. I think that Stefan thinks that Catherine sees them as opportunities to help her. I don't think she's giving them that much credit. I think she knows that's who she should team up with, but I don't think she's like, oh my God, I need Stefan and Damon. She's like, Stefan and Damon need me to get this shit done. Yeah, what the fuck are they going to help her with? She knows more than them. Yeah. Like, by a lot. I mean, I think she's just kind of like, well, I know what these people are capable of. I know how I can manipulate them and I know how I can make this plan go forward. So I'll work with them. Like, I, I don't think... She needs their help. Well, and if she wants to kill Klaus and there's a group that wants to kill Klaus, there's no point in her not joining the group that wants to kill Klaus because there's no reason to her to stay alone when there's other people that she can push in front of her to die. He comes into an apartment, the six of them there, she can run and get away maybe. As they call it in Survivor, a meat shield. Yeah. (laughs) Stefan's like, I don't know, maybe she really wants our help. She wants your meat, King. Yeah. In more ways than one. (laughs) Yeah, don't we all? Anyway, so they're both upset that she's staying, but Stefan thinks they should play along to A, figure out why she's staying, and B, learn more about Klaus. That's the smart move here. Well, it's just smart to team up with Catherine. Like, it's smart to team up with her with conditions. Like, well, it's smart to, like, trust her with a grain of salt. But at this point, there's no reason not to work with her. Yeah, like, keep her a little bit at arm's length, but she's a good person to have on the team if you have the same goal, which... It seems they do. One thing about Catherine is she's going to get what she wants. And if you also want the same thing, she's a good one to work with on that. And Elena says that she doesn't really want Catherine staying at the Salvatore house. She doesn't want the Salvatores to have a house guest, if you will. Stefan says like, oh, well, maybe we'll stay at your place tonight. First of all, Catherine's been invited in there, so I don't know what that offers. But Elena also says like, oh, no, I invited Bonnie and Caroline over. Bonnie's kind of freaked out about losing her powers and Caroline is having Matt trauma again. It's kind of a girl's night. Hey, maybe Catherine can come. Yeah, and I wish they would invite Catherine. Just for her to be like, so tell me about Matt. Like, unfortunately, and we have to remember this, Catherine canonically thinks Matt is hot. Yeah. So Catherine's like, oh my God, Matt? Fuck yeah. She's lived 500 years and she thinks Matt is hot. I Disrespectful. I don't know about that. So then we go down to the Salvatore dungeon where Damon has a flamethrower and he's trying to burn Elijah, but it won't work. You know, the flame is going, but- Elijah's not burning at all. Seems about right. Yeah, Catherine clocks that his goal here is to get the dagger back so they have another dagger to use. Yeah, so they can kill another original. (laughs) Yeah, but unfortunately, Elijah is indestructible. And Damon asks how she knows so much about originals. And she says, I've spent 500 years running from one I've made it my business to know, which makes sense. And Damon asks why Catherine didn't give him a heads up that the dagger would kill him. And Catherine says, ah, there's a lot of rules. I get confused, which is... It could not more clearly be a lie. She doesn't get confused. Yeah, she's like, oh, I just got confused. Girl, you have never been confused one day in your life. And Damon knows that. So he says, hey, did you know I would die? And she says, hey, did Elijah tell you his plan? Did he have a dagger to kill Klaus with? And neither of them answer either of those questions. And so Damon asks why she's here. And she says, well, because I haven't been forcibly removed. Which is fair. And he points the flamethrower at her and acts serious. At first, she's like, you won't do it. But then she's kind of a little worried he might, because to be fair, he would be warranted. She knows that. She has been pushing it. She knows she's riding a very thin line. She's like, ooh, did I go a little far? So she says, hey, look, I want Klaus dead as much as you. Actually, even more. And if I wasn't serious about helping, I would be long gone. Hate me, but we want the same thing. And I always get 
what I want. There is just no reason for Catherine to stay in Mystic Falls if she's not helping them. This is the one place that she can guarantee Klaus will find eventually if he's looking for the doppelganger. I mean, he will be hunting this down. Other people will be hunting this down once they know the doppelganger is here. I mean, we don't have it confirmed that Klaus knows that the doppelganger is alive and here, but we can imagine that's making its way to him. It's only a matter of time because they're not doing very good at like keeping it a secret. So he is going to get there at some point. And she's like, look, I can leave like before that happens. Like I already lost the moonstone. That's fine. Like clearly that plan is kind of kaput. Like if she just wanted to break the curse, she would have left because she was like, okay, that's like not with my energy anymore. Like she doesn't have a reason to be here. She can, she ran for 500 years. She can run for 500 more. And especially if she can like lead Klaus to the doppelganger and leave Mystic Falls, that's her easiest move. But she's not doing that because she wants him dead. Damon puts the flamethrower down and then walks out. But on the way out of the dungeon, Catherine confirms like, oh, by the way, I did know you would die. I want to get out of the tomb. What can I say? So then we go back over to the school. Stefan tells Bonnie that Catherine is out of the tomb and that she needs to be careful because Catherine's getting really good at impersonating Elena. He's like, she's actually good at it now, unlike before. (laughs) But Stefan confirms that they're working on it. And Jeremy says, like, well, now we really need to get Bonnie's powers back. And Stefan says, look, now that Elijah's out of the picture, I think we should work with the Martins. Bonnie says, can I remind you that they hate us? Yeah, she's like, remember how I kidnapped their son? They're not pleased with me. I don't think they want to work with us. Yeah. And Stefan says, well, you know what? Let's try to win him over. Bonnie, let's just convince them to have a civil conversation. And she says, fine. Stefan leaves. And Bonnie's like, oh, I have to go to class. And Jeremy tries to kiss her and she laughs in his face. Jeremy is pretty secure in himself because he doesn't get to her by that. He's like, hey, uh, Elena's not here. Like, yeah. And she's like, okay. So then they kiss and she leaves and she's like, okay, I'll tell Elena soon. I promise. Things are going well. Then over in Alaric's classroom, Alaric and Elena are talking about his fight with Jenna. Alaric says, you know, John planted a lot of seeds about Isabel, and now Jenna knows that I'm lying. And BTW, I gave John my ring. So that sucks. And Alaric basically tells Elena that he wants to tell Jenna. And Elena agrees it's getting more dangerous for her not to know, but she kind of wants to hold off until after they've dealt with Klaus. And even then, it's a lot of information to put on a person. It makes sense to wait because also... Let's go back to the fact that Elena's plan is to die. She probably doesn't want to tell Jenna that, but it is, I mean, the longer it goes on, the more they're going to have to tell her. So it is just, it's getting very hard for anyone to be involved with her and her not know anything. Rick basically says, look, I'm sorry to put this on you, but I really do feel like it's your decision to make more than mine. I respect your decision, but I can't be with Jenna if I'm not honest. So until we tell her, we're done. So then we go over to the grill where Luca and Dr. Martin have agreed to meet with Stefan and Bonnie. Uh, Dr. Martin straight up says he didn't want to, but Luca thought that they should hear them out. And Luca says, you know, Bonnie said you have news about Elijah. Stefan said, sure do. Elijah's dead. He says, sorry, uh, you're not, but okay. And then Dr. Martin starts to get up and leave. And Stefan's like, no, we can help. And Bonnie says, look, we know that Klaus has your daughter. I do apologize for how I had to get in that information, but it's good that we have it because now we can all work together to get her back. Yeah, she's like, now we can help you do that. You don't have to be just like teaming up with Elijah and only relying on him. And they say, look, we assume you guys want to kill Klaus. So do we. Like we're all on the same page of what our end goal is here. And Stefan says, you know, we will help you. 
you have my word and everyone else's word that we will help you. Your word's not worth a ton to the Martins at this moment. Yeah, Bonnie, you kidnapped his son maybe three days ago. Giving him your word is not really that much of a selling point. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Catherine asks Damon what he's up to and notices that he's looking through the Gilbert journals. Damon ignores Catherine, but she really wants to help. And Damon says, okay, you really want help? Do you know where a bunch of witches were massacred a couple centuries ago? And Catherine says, uh, no. And Damon says, then I guess you can't help. He's like, that's all I needed. They fight a little bit. He pins her down and she says that she's glad he isn't dead. And he says, man, fuck you. He said, you are such a fucking bitch to me. (laughs) And then Catherine says that Emily Bennett told her about the massacre because it was a really big deal in witch folklore. And she throws out some information that when a witch dies violently, they release mystical energy that marks the place of their death with power. Sure. Yeah, sure. So that's a rule we now have to keep in mind. That's interesting, given the later events of the episode. I don't know how you classify what crosses the violently threshold. I mean, I think Luca does. Yeah. (laughs) The minimum. (laughs) But then you have to wonder, does Luca's death count in the Salvatore house where he astrally was projecting or in the Martin apartment? I would say in the Martin apartment. Damon tells Catherine that Elijah wanted to know the site of the massacre. And Catherine asks what for? Okay, I think we can all assume what for. Catherine just says a bunch of power was released and Elijah wanted to know the location of a bunch of power. And what do you think he wants it for? The location of a bunch of power near the doppelganger? I mean, I'm pretty sure Catherine figured this out and was just being goofy because she's not stupid. Like, that's a pretty obvious jump. And then Stefan comes back in and Damon asks what the witches had to say. And Stefan is like, why is Catherine here? And again, she's like, I want to help. I cannot make it any more clear. So can we like skip all the secrets, please? But Stefan does skip some secrets and says in front of them that basically the Mertens told them that Elijah had no weapon to kill Klaus, but they believed if a witch could channel enough power, they wouldn't need it. For example, channel the power you get from a site with 100 dead witches. So we got to find that spot. I do think what's uh, entertaining about this is So Elijah's whole plan to kill Klaus was really just a theory he had. Yeah. Like, doesn't seem like he actually knew that would work. Yeah, he's just like, well, I think it's possible that a witch could channel enough power to kill a vampire. Although, to be fair, that's not as big of a risk for Elijah as, like, say, trying to stab Klaus, you know? Because what, Jonas tries to kill Klaus after sacrifice? It doesn't work. Uh, Klaus kills Jonas. Yeah, and Elijah's like, that's crazy. That I thought I could trust him. So that's actually a good plan from Elijah, now that I think about it. Elijah's like, oh my God, I can't believe he went rogue. I I can't believe he just tried to kill you. That is insane to me. I am shocked and hurt. Growing up and crying right now. So actually that is pretty good for Elijah because it's win-win for him, personally. Yeah, but it is just funny that everyone was like, oh, Elijah's going to kill Klaus. Elijah's going to kill Klaus. It's like, "Eh, maybe. (laughs) Elijah really just has a pitch. Yeah, he's like, I've, I've got a, a thought that I think really could do it, which is essentially like me saying, yeah, my plan is to stab him and then throw the dismembered body parts far away. Remember that little theory I had? Yeah, Elijah has a fan theory. Yeah. So then we go over to the Martin apartment and Lucas says, like, what if they find the burial ground? And Dr. Martin's like, they won't. We've tried for weeks. Yeah, but you weren't alive in 1864. 
They have more information than you about this town. You just moved here. You didn't know Emily Bennett personally. They have a leg up. First of all, they were alive in 1864. They knew Emily Bennett. They know like where the council would in theory kill people. And they have like journals on journals. Like they could at least start with an educated guess. And it wouldn't hurt to team up with them if they don't know where the burial ground is. Because if they knew and didn't want to share it, makes sense. But they don't know, like, be like, okay, they might have more information. Like, you don't have to firmly team up with them. And where are Jonas and Luca getting ideas of where to search? Are they just walking in the woods and being like, no power here, no power here? Yeah, like, this smelled like it was burned 200 years ago. What? (laughs) They're going, they're fine blind. You don't have to actually team up with them. I don't know if they thought of this. Like, you can just get some information. Yeah, just like, yeah, I will work with you. They give you the information, double cross them. That's clearly what you were planning to do anyway. Well, yeah, why don't you just say, oh, yeah, you know what? We will team up with you. And then while they're trying to find the location of the witch burial ground, you take out the dagger out of Elijah. And Luca says to Jonas, you know, we don't really have a backup plan to save Greta. But Dr. Martin says, you know, we will save her. But he is convinced that Elijah is the answer, not the Salvators. He considers the Salvators their enemies. So he wants them dead. And what he really wants is for Elijah to kill them. And I get he's been kind of teamed up with Elijah and he knows Elijah wants Klaus dead. But I don't know why he thinks this is like a much better situation for him. Well, because Elijah has tangible proof that he could get their daughter back. And he has no other like horse in the race. Yeah. His daughter is Elijah's first priority. Even if the Salvators say they're going to help the Martins, if it came down to their daughter and Elena, guess who's getting saved? That's true. That is not Greta. So I think that Elijah is a slightly better deal for the Martins. However, do I think they need to maybe be a little flexible in order to get Elijah back? Yes. You don't need Elijah today. Yeah. Find the information for the witch burial ground. Wake up Elijah. Say, hey, while you were out, this is some information we found. This is the thing. Like, He's just sitting there. He's not decomposing. He can't burn. So you can go back to him whenever. It's really not that big of a deal. So then we go over to the Gilbert house where girls night has started. Caroline asks Chinese or pizza. And Elena says, do you even have to ask? Caroline starts to make an order using a subtle SpawnCon AT&T tablet. But she gets distracted by her screensaver, which is a picture of her and Matt on Founders Day. And so Bonnie takes the tablet and orders instead, naturally, by using the Yellow Pages app and searching pizza. (laughs) Honestly, remember when apps were first introduced and there were all those kind of like stupid little apps, like a Yellow Pages app. Like now it's just Google. Yeah. (laughs) Like they needed an app for everything. And it just was a simpler time. Also, it's a small town. You're telling me you don't know the pizza places in town? You made it seem like it was so obvious you were getting pizza. You don't have a go-to spot? You had to search pizza on the Yellow Pages app? Maybe it's called like Mama's Pizza Kitchen and pizza is just a fancy, an easy way to look it up. It looks like it looked like it was called like Mystic Marinara or something. Oh, okay. Well then. (laughs) Mystic Pizza. Yeah. (laughs) They probably couldn't say that. Yeah. (laughs) Copyright. And Elena asks if they think Jonas is being sincere. And Bonnie says that he probably isn't sure who to trust. Yeah, I bet. Elena says, join the club. Yeah, Elena's like, none of us ever fucking know. And Caroline says, you know, I'm more concerned about what we're going to do about this movie situation. Are we going to watch The Notebook or what? Yeah, she's like, I need to see some actors kiss. She's like, I need a good romance story. It's just- I've had enough. It's what I need to see right now. And I'll eat whatever we want. Whatever we eat, I'll eat. But I need to be watching The Notebook. And she's like, first of all, I'm a vampire. I don't really need to eat. And they're like, 
Caroline, how many times have you seen the notebook? And she's like, that's really not the point. She's like, that's really none of your business. And so then Jenna comes in and the mood shifts because they know Jenna's sad. And Elena says, hey, how are you? And Jenna says, oh, so you heard about the fight with Rick. And Elena says, if it's any consolation, he feels terrible. And is Jenna not even a little concerned that Elena's that close with Alaric? That she's talked to Alaric about the fight? Yeah, that she talked to Alaric about the fight before Jenna. Yeah, <laughs> Jenna lets that go really fast. If she's I were like, Jenna, I'd be you like, hang out with him at school? Like, that's your teacher. <laughs> what, did he tell you that during history class? I know we were dating, but like, it's weird that you talked to him first. Yeah. And are defending him no less, but it's funny. And then Jenna asks if this girl's night is some veiled attempt to cheer her up. First of all, main character energy. Jenna thinks she is the main character of this show. She's like, oh, is this like a surprise party for me? And they were like, no, but it could be, I guess, if you need that that bad. Well, yeah, Elena says, no, it's just girls night. But like, we're here if you want to talk. And Caroline says, yeah, because I'm a winner at successful relationships. And Jenna is endeared by that because she is like, like wow, oh, well, in the same boat, you know, she's like, okay, I'll join. And so then Jenna's like, you know, I think Rick is hiding something about Isabel. And the sad part about this is that all three of those girls know exactly what it is he's hiding. They, they know one, he is, and two, what it is in every excruciating detail. So they're all just sitting there like, huh, I don't know. Yeah, I hope he's not lying. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so sad. They're just sitting there being like, he is lying to you. Poor Jenna. And Caroline plays devil's advocate, obviously, because of her own drama. She says, you know, maybe he's trying to protect you. And Jenna says, yeah, that's not really his call, though. I deserve the truth. And Caroline says, yeah, well, maybe it's harder than that. And Jenna's like, mm, not when you care about someone. Jenna's like, it's not that hard if you either care about someone or you don't. And Caroline's like, man, shut the fuck up. Yeah, and Caroline's like, you know what? Let's go dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, this movie idea suddenly is not working for me anymore. She's like, you know, there's a band at the grill and they say, you know what? Yeah, let's go. We're in a mood. Yeah, they're like, mm, OK, time to party. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> so we go back over to the Martin apartment and Jonas says that he's sending Luca somewhere because Luca isn't strong enough to send Jonas. But Luca's like, oh, no, I can do it. I feel confident. I feel good. We'll see. Hubris. So basically, Jonas will stay anchored and use Luca's energy. They hold hands. Luca concentrates on picturing Elijah. Jonas does a spell. And Luca appears at the Salvatore house and he assumes it's because Elijah's body got here. And I know this is not the thing we should be focusing on, but Jonas has had great success breaking into houses before completely <laughs> unnoticed, such as the Gilbert house. Yeah. Why doesn't Jonas just go into the basement, which I'm pretty sure we know is accessible from many points in the house. He doesn't have to like go into the house and go down. Well, I think he can yeah. go in from outside and just pull out the dagger and leave. I don't understand why he's, why we're doing this whole little witchy thing, I guess, because they're witches and it's a supernatural show, but still. Yeah. It seems like this is making it more difficult. Maybe they were like, oh, this is safer. I don't know. But also don't we know that like the Salvatores keep their house unlocked or yeah, <laughs> wait for them to leave and then go do it. Or here's a thought. Both of them come in. Jonas comes in. He gives any vampires he sees little aneurysms. While Luca goes down, pulls the dagger out. Yeah. I mean, it's really not that difficult. Or go in and say like, hey, we should talk more. And then, you know, even this is a dumb, a dumb idea, but still better than what they did. Go in, say we should talk. Uh, Luca has to go pee. <laughs> and he goes down to the basement. Yeah. Like that honestly might have worked better than this. I get the appeal of the fact that he can be in the house, but be invisible to them. Yeah. But do they not have an invisibility spell? 
Well, and also, like, it's not like the Salvatores are at their house all day, every day. Like, they do leave regularly, like, at similar times every day. Like, it's they have a relatively predictable like schedule. Stefan goes to school. Damon goes to the bar. It's not like the house is never empty. Like, it just feels like it would be easier to get in. I get why they're doing this. In, like, I get some point. Send them on a goose chase. Yeah. Say, I have a witch friend in Raleigh, wherever, who has a dagger. Go see them. They go see them. They're gone. Ta-da. Or just say like, hey, we think that this that the witch burial ground might be like this place three hours away. This is how you would tell it's the burial ground. Make up some kind of murking or whatever the fuck, yeah. you know, and then send them to go. And even like Luca could go with them. So then it's not suspicious. Like there are a lot of options here. And a lot of them could have ended with one of these people, one of these witches dying. And I think they thought this one wasn't going to end that way, but clearly they didn't know enough about the spell. The problem with this spell well, we'll get there, is that Jonas got distracted and he got greedy. But we'll get into that in a second. Luca is now in the Salvatore house. He sees Catherine and Damon reading, but assumes it's Elena. Damon seems to sense there's an energy in the room, but doesn't really clock it much more. Yeah, doesn't really know what to do with that. So Luca refocuses and starts exploring. So then Catherine and Damon talk to each other. Catherine is bored and asks what Damon is reading. And she reads over his shoulder that Emily Bennett was taken by the council and burned where her ancestors were burned. So they clock that it must be the same spot. And Catherine asks where, and Damon takes the book and says, you know, I don't really buy your friendly act. And she says, look, I have no reason to lie to you, which of course he says is a lie because Catherine can always find a reason to lie. Yeah, uh, she doesn't need a reason to lie. Sometimes it's just fun. Yeah. Like, does she ever need to pretend to be Elena? No, but it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so then she says, you know what? I'm hungry. And he says, you're the unwanted house guest. Go get your own food. And she's like, oh. so she does. Damon keeps reading. Catherine goes to the basement to get blood and Luca sees her, but he doesn't really like connect that she's getting blood. She definitely senses a presence as well, but she doesn't clock him. And so then Stefan comes downstairs to check in with Damon. Stefan's like, you know, I found nothing. Have you found anything? And Damon nods his head, but says, nope. And then he points a spot in the journal out, um, most likely the information about Emily Bennett, because Stefan knows that Damon would know that. And Stefan says, that's too bad. Meanwhile, in the basement, Luca has found Elijah's body and Catherine is like looking at it. Because she's sensing something like she doesn't really know what, but she can tell something's off. And Luca at this point really should just remain patient until she walks away. Yeah, he should just stay there and be like, okay, she's gonna, it's gonna be still long enough. She'll leave. Yeah, like she's not going to stay here and stare at this body forever. But but I don't know if he feels the pressure to be fast or what. Maybe it's a herd spell. He wants to get out of it. Luca starts to take the dagger out and Catherine sees the dagger moving. So she starts to push it back in. And Luca is like, hey, Elena's fighting me and she's a lot stronger than me. <laughs> and Jonas is like, OK, so um, that is not Elena. That is Catherine Pierce. <laughs> He says, she's a vampire, kill her. And this is Jonas's fatal flaw, is that he tells Luca to kill her because she's a vampire. What Jonas should say is, let go, sit in the corner and wait until she leaves. Or like run away. Like she can't see you, she, you can get away. But I think he's just like pissed at all these vampires and how they ruined their plan. And he's like, no, kill Catherine Pierce. What he should do is unanchor Luca and come back later. But- yeah. He gets too deep in. He wants to get this done. He wants Catherine dead. It's foolish. 
So Luca lets go of the dagger and Catherine realizes it isn't moving anymore. So she lets go. And then like a chair in the corner breaks very loudly. Now, Luca, this was stupid. I mean, I guess he has to get a stake somehow. He's got to break the chair and he's invisible. But it's like, be a little bit more careful. Like, there has to be a better way to do this. Yeah, they're just trying to get it done too fast. Again, there's no rush to do this today. They really need to be more patient. Patience would have been key in every step of this plan. They're angry. They're stressed about the Elijah thing. They just want to sort something out now. And it's like, you got to take a step back. Think about what's actually useful. Because it's just, it's only hurting them right now. Mm-hmm. So Catherine calls for Damon and then Luca stakes her, but not in the hurt. Another mistake. And Damon pulls out the stake and he's like, hey, uh, what the fuck? And so Luca starts pulling the dagger again and Catherine clocks it. So she directs Damon to the dagger. But Damon doesn't waste his time pushing the dagger back in or fighting Luca. Instead, he picks up the flamethrower, throws flames in Luca's direction, and Luca catches on fire inside the Merton apartment. I mean, if I'm Luca, first of all, I didn't stake someone in the hut. Where do you think the fucking hut is? So she's not dead. Another vampire comes down. Like, what happened? I'm getting out. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, there's no need. Like, I know he wants to get the dagger out. And he probably thinks if he if Elijah wakes up, he'll kill them right away. But like, it's just not the time. Yeah. And it does burn him. <laughs> yeah, literally. And Stefan comes down and he asks what Damon is doing. And Damon says it's a psychic witch attack of some kind. Go to the Martins and figure out what's happening. So at the Martins, Jonas throws a blanket on Luca to put out the fire. To smother the fire, evidently. And he puts the fire out. But when he takes the blanket off, Luca's pretty crispy. And he, at this point, looks pretty dead, though we don't get confirmation yet. But yeah, Jonas we- does cry pretty, he pretty much sobs. It's not good for Jonas. Yeah, Jonas does grab like a spell book and start chanting something. Clearly some kind of healing spell is the goal. But Luca's eyes are staying nice and closed, I tell you. And he's staying very still. Yeah, and it's like, it's not like Damon knew he was setting a person on fire when he was doing this. He was like, hey, this flamethrower's here. Let me stop this dagger from getting pulled. Like, yeah, it just wasn't like no one knew that this was going to happen today. Exactly. They probably thought that they were just doing a spell to lift the dagger out, which again, I'm sure they must have a spell for. Why'd they have to put a person there? Yeah, I thought they were, uh, as I said, while we were watching, I thought they were going to win Guardian Leviosa the dagger out. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> like, just go to the window and <laughs> Yeah, ta-da. You think this is the last we're going to see of Luca? You think he's dead for good? I think it is. I mean- Pretty hard to bounce back from full body burns. It's hard to bounce back uh, from full body burns. We know witches can't heal. And I mean, it's no coincidence that uh, like every witch dies by fire. Like that's the witch sacrifice thing. So the fact that it's a fire, we know that like canonically kills witches very regularly. So I I think he's done. And then we take a hard cut over to the grill where a band is playing and the girls are all in a great mood despite there just being a very sad scene before. Yeah, it was a quick cut. Like, oh, like Dr. Martin's like, my son, my son. And then it's like a random band. Yeah, and I, wa- and I wanna say I did some research as was custom on team dramas at the time. They usually put in like a real band who they were trying to get started plain white tees or on any level of fame depending on how popular the show is i don't believe this was a real band i think this was okay actors which makes me sad yeah because like there were cases of 
like Pretty Little Liars had some bands. I mean, Adam Lambert being the obvious example, but they had some lower bands who never took off, you know? Like the Plain White Tees being on Greek. Like plenty of teen dramas would have like a random band and it would actually be like the All-American Rejects, but they would be like, oh, this is my buddy's band, whatever, whatever. So this does not follow that custom. Just want to throw that out there for anyone wondering if it did. I was curious about it. So our gals are here, they're ready to dance, and also Alaric is here, and Jenna pretty quickly needs a drink because of that. Matt walks by and immediately ignores Caroline, and so Bonnie's like, okay, well, this night already got awkward. Yeah, Bonnie's like, God damn it, I just wanted to dance and have some fun. So then Alaric approaches Jenna, and she says, hi, I'm really not in the mood tonight. I've traded you for Senor Tequila, which girly pop. Of course she says that. I mean, I know. Look, I love Jenna, but you know she's that type of girl. (laughs) <laughs> it's giving extra white. <laughs> yeah. Alaric says, well, Senor Tequila is not going to treat you very well. And Jenna says, yeah, well, you two have a lot in common then. I mean, he <laughs> kind of set her up for that. He really, that was a layup. Alaric says, I really hate that you're upset. And Jenna says, yeah, well, it's your fault. Yeah, well, then stop making me upset. Jenna really bodies him in this conversation. Jenna is a, a queen. She knows how to, I mean, her picker is generally off for men, but she does know how to take them down a peg. So it kind of evens out. And unfortunately, even though Jenna was winning this conversation, she kind of loses it in the end here because she says, you know, whatever you're hiding that you think I can't handle, you're wrong. Because last year I was a grad student who smoked a lot of pot and I couldn't keep a goldfish alive. And now I'm a parent, so I can handle anything. And like, I understand the point she's trying to make. And given the information she has, this is a good point. But this is much different than having to take care of two teenagers who are pretty much grown. Yeah, who are pretty self-sufficient. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a good point in theory, but. But really, it's like, mm, it's actually very different than being a parent, Jenna. Like, it's it's vampires, mama. And parent also is kind of overstating what Jenna does. You're still their aunt. Like, no tea, no shade. You're a guardian and an aunt. Like, you are taking care of them, quote unquote, but it's not like parenting. They drive everywhere themselves. Yeah, you just kind of hang out and sign permission slips and shit. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Like, that is still a bigger job than being a grad student who smokes weed. Like, if I was taking care of a teenager right now, that would be a big adjustment. But it's not as big of a selling point. And yeah. Alaric is kind of like, oh, I can't even tell you how little that helped. Yeah. <laughs> and so then we check in with Bonnie and Caroline. Caroline is just, like, waxing poetic about how sad she is about Matt. And Bonnie says, you know, Matt said the ball is in your court. And Caroline said, well, I can't really do anything about it. Bonnie's like, why? All you do is talk about how much you care about him. And Caroline says, yeah, but I still have so many secrets. And Elena notes something that is obviously, it keeps coming up over the course of the episode, that that's the exact same boat that Alaric is in with Jenna. And she says, you know, maybe our mistake is that we're trying to protect people by keeping them out of it, but we end up hurting them anyway. Well, to be fair, these are the only two people left of importance that don't know about like anything. So it is kind of like, okay, it's weird that they don't know. Like, it's just taking over the rest of our lives. Like, yeah, it's a very major part of every single one of our lives. And we just haven't told them. Yeah, it makes sense to be like, okay, we probably should be thinking about telling them. And so what Caroline's reaction to that advice is, is for her to take off her jacket and go on stage. Jenna takes a shot and she's like, oh, this isn't going to be good. Jenna's like, oh, she's about to embarrass herself. Jenna's like, couldn't be me, girl. And so Caroline gives a speech. She says that a guy told her to say how she feels about him, but it's not really that easy. Even though she talks a lot, she doesn't really know how to express herself. Girl, me too. But she can sing. 
And she compels the band to, quote, let her live out her rock star fantasies and be her backup. And she sings. There is a lot to unpack here. First of all, she starts singing Eternal Flame. Yeah, I was trying to guess. I said, please guess what song she's going to sing because you'll never guess it. And I was trying to think of something a little bit ridiculous, but also kind of fun. What was in the the conversation at the time? My first guess, The Climb by Miley Cyrus. Would have been cool, but no. Then she dropped the rock star fantasy thing. And I was like, okay, we correct. Which you would think would be a clue. Yeah. And so I said, okay, so what by pink? Doesn't really fit the situation because that would be if she didn't want to date Matt. But that's come up on other teen dramas. So I had to throw it out. And Eternal Flame doesn't fit the situation either. So obviously that's not ideal. So that was important. And then I just got, I started thinking, what's the craziest thing I can think of? And I said, Rockstar by Hannah Montana, which would have banged. And you want to know what's funny about you suggesting a Hannah Montana and a Miley Cyrus song? What? Prior to being on The Vampire Diaries, Candace was on tour in the Hannah Montana tour as a Hannah Montana backup singer. She was on Hannah Montana as a backup singer. Love that for her. She was a redhead at the time. So you guys can go back and look at videos, but she for a long time was a Hannah Montana backup singer. So she could have sang those songs is what I'm being. Yeah, told. which is that's why it's funny. <laughs> Other stuff to unpack here. The shirt that she's wearing. This is a rare miss for Miss Caroline, who usually gives us looks. She is wearing like a synchronized swimmer uniform. It is ugly as hell. It looks like something you bought on Mod Cloth in 2010. Something I personally bought on Mod Cloth in 2010. So I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. The holes that Sweetheart Necklines had on the population for a very brief six months, but it was a strong hold for that time. Yeah. And finally, the last thing to kind of unpack about this, this is kind of a trope of teen dramas is singing to express things, especially in a post-glee landscape. We see it far more often than we need to on Riverdale. Yeah, Riverdale has done it so much that it has gotten like too campy now. Yeah. Well, it went from campy to bad to campy again. Yeah. (laughs) To so camp, it's almost um, unwatchable, but I'm still watching it. We see this a lot on teen dramas because, you know, you get famous, you get to go to Teen Choice Awards and stuff. If you have a mogul mindset, you're like, I'm going to sing on this show so I can get me a record deal. Well, and as I mentioned, Candace had a background as a singer before being on this show. So it follows that likely her agent or manager is like, we would love for Candace to be able to sing on the show. Although that is obviously, it feels even now in Vampire Diaries, very off base for the show we're watching. It feels like it does not make sense in this world. Like this happens a lot on shows. And I think teen dramas in particular, because that is a place where people catapult into a certain level of stardom where they can make those kind of career moves. So I think that's why it gets shoehorned in. We think of Lucy Hale on Pretty Little Liars, right? Mm -hmm. But it just didn't feel like it fit with the landscape of this show that I feel like not to like shit on other teen dramas, but feels a lot more like thought out as a piece of art. Like it feels like they're very intentional of how they tell stories and what kind of stories they want to tell. Unlike some teen dramas that are like, this was a book and we're making it a TV show. And they're going to be kissing, you know? So I think this was just, it doesn't quite fit in. Especially because I think they do too much of the thing where when she's singing, everyone's like, oh my God, wow, she's really good. It's like Rock. (laughs) Exactly. When in the world of the Vampire Diaries, if Caroline is a singer, which we can assume from this scene she is, 
there's no way Bonnie and Elena don't know she can sing because if Caroline is anything, she's involved in school. She's obviously in choir if she is a singer. This is not the first time she's ever sang for Bonnie and Elena. Yeah, as as a character, even if we hadn't had this scene, I could have told you Caroline was in magicals. She's in choir. She gets solos consistently. Like that is just a fact that you could read from this character. So it is weird that it's like, wow, a secret talent. And it's like, if you were going to do this, why was it not just a karaoke night? And I feel I should tell you this obviously feels so out of place in this episode. They never do something like this again for the rest of the run of this show and good because it does not make any sense. And I will say if I were Miss Candace Ackler King, I gave this show-stopping performance of Eternal Flame on my TV show, I Am a Strub, and then fucking Anna Camp got pitch perfect over me. Uh, my agent would be out that door so fucking fast. I'd be like, I'm literally never singing again. I'd be like, are you fucking joking? No, I, I would be pissed. So then, you know, Matt watches, he's moved by the music, Jenna and Rick look at each other, they're moved by the music. It's Eternal Flame. I mean, it's a good song. Everyone can vibe to it. It's moving, though not upbeat. And eventually Matt goes on stage and kisses her. Sigh. He dips her, he kisses her. The gals cheer. We're supposed to be very supportive and think of it as very romantic. But those of you who listen to this podcast know we hate everything about this. And this would be so cute if it wasn't Matt Donovan. If this was Tyler Lockwood on this stage, I would have eaten it up, slipped it right up. (laughs) Tyler Lockwood would be like Eternal Flame. Yeah, Tyler Lockwood would have never fallen for this because he's not, well, he is an idiot, but he's not this kind of idiot. No, he's an idiot. He would be such an idiot that he wouldn't know that the song was about him. He'd be like, oh, Caroline just wants to sing. Good. Yeah, like, Caroline's a good singer. Hee hee. Hee hee. I'm going to go get another iced tea. (laughs) (laughs) So then we go over to the Merton apartment where Luca is still laying on the floor burnt looking pretty bad. When we came back, I was like, okay, well, he's still sitting there. Maybe he's going to like flutter his eyes open, right? And it became clear pretty quickly. Um, No. That would not be happening. Yeah. And Jonas is freaking out and he grabs a picture of Elena. Of course, the one where she's in her cheer uniform. It's the only picture he has. And he grabs some other stuff and he starts to do a spell. While this is happening, Stefan comes in and he breaks down the door and he sees Luca's dead body. And he's like, hmm, interesting. So he looks at Luca and Jonas is like coming to head out. And Jonas looks at Stefan. He says, hey, so you killed Luca. A little bit of an oversimplification, but I get he's angry. He doesn't want to take responsibility for his role in it. But also, Stefan wasn't the one the flamethrower. But how would he know? Yeah, but he wouldn't know that. Um, and Stefan, unfortunately, just was the one who got sent here. Probably because yeah. Stefan is the one who could reason with him the best. But yeah, so he's obviously pissed. <laughs> yeah. So Jonas gives uh, Stefan the little aneurysm thing that witches are known to do. And he says, you know, now Luca is dead and I have no one. So now you're going to know what that feels like. And then he leaves. Stefan in pain and Stefan looks up and he sees the picture of Elena and a bunch of the Elena stuff. So he can do the math. Even if he hadn't seen it, I mean, it's pretty clear who he's going after. Or there's a short list. Jonas, you don't have no one. You have a daughter. Don't you want to fight for her? He doesn't have her right now. Yeah. So then we go back over to the Salvatore house where Damon brings Catherine a blood bag to help her heal from the stake. But then he stakes her in the side and he says, you know, that's for not telling me that the dagger would kill me. And next time it's going to go in your heart. And she says, you know, I did just help you, BTW, like uh, how quickly you forget. And he says, you know, if you really want to help, you'll talk. And she says, you're not going to like what I have to say. So Catherine says, look, John Gilbert and Isabel want you and Stefan out of Elena's life. And Damon's like, yeah, that's not really news. Yeah, Damon's like, I've known that the whole time. They keep wanting to kill us. (laughs) They keep saying that straight up. 
Yeah, they have said that to my face many times. And so then Catherine says, well, actually, here's the new thing is that they offered me a deal. John knew that killing Elijah would get me out of the tomb. So he gave me a choice. Stay and help with Klaus or he kills Stefan. And Damon's like, "Mm, hold on. You still tried to have me killed, though. And she says, yeah, the deal was I could save one of you. And I chose Stefan. And Damon's like, oh, fucking course. Yeah, despite (laughs) himself, Damon is quite sad and affected by this. At this point, he's pretty over Catherine, but it still hurts. He knows that Catherine keeps choosing Stefan over him for stuff, but it's still hard to hear her say it like that matter of factly. Like, yeah, yeah, I got to choose which one of you lived and I I didn't pick you. Yeah. And she makes it seem like it was a very easy decision. Like John's like, you get to pick one. She said, Stefan. And John's like, you want to think about that a little more? (laughs) Yeah. John's like, oh, poor Damon. (laughs) And Damon leaves, but he did want the truth. And he walks out very like, oh, God. Tail between his legs. He's like, of course. Of course this. So we go back over to the grill. Elena goes to the bathroom and finds Caroline and Matt making out. And she leaves them be. A very nice, good friend, even though she has to pee. I would have peed anyway. I'd be like, sorry, guys. Could have picked a better place to make out. This does not change the fact that I have to pee. I've had like five iced teas. Yeah, I'm $50 in on iced teas. Like, I (laughs) have to piss. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. And so she goes out and immediately tells Bonnie, like, oh, my God, Caroline and Matt, because I guess Bonnie's heading to the bathroom, too. She's like, they're out in the bathroom. And then Elena says, well, you know what? If they're happy, I'm happy. And Bonnie says, hey, you know, speaking of happy. Yeah, speaking of supporting couples that are kind of weird. She says, <laughs> would it freak you out if I dated your brother? She says it so fast. No lead up, no ramp up. She just rips off the bandaid. Smart. Elena says, like, a little weirded out. Yeah, Elena's like, you are interested in that? Like, which... Uh, Elena, the vibes have been flowing, but yeah, she's not seen them. Though. She's been busy. And ultimately, Elena says, you know, Jeremy has had so much pain in his life and he deserves someone as amazing as Bonnie. This is not a surprise to us. We knew that Elena was going to be in support of this. It really wasn't that much pressure, but it's good to have that confirmation so we can move on with our lives. Yeah, it seems pretty clear that she would be good with it, but it's good to just say it. It's out there. No one has to like find out in a weird way. No you know? one's hiding it from anyone. Yeah. And so then Elena's phone rings and it's Stefan. She can't hear him. So she goes somewhere else to like, you know, talk on the phone. And Bonnie spots Jonas walking in looking quite angry. Yeah, he does not look pleased. So she's like, interesting. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon is about to leave. Catherine asks where he's going. And he says, oh, well, Luca Martin is dead. And his dad is going after Elena. Catherine wants to come. Damon doesn't want her to. But Catherine alludes to a plan. So the writing is on the wall for what's going to happen. Obviously, we want to be surprised about it later, but it's pretty straightforward where we're going from here. Yeah, it's pretty clear. Catherine's like, hey, I look like Elena. We can use that. Which they should use that. They don't take advantage of it enough. Catherine does. Yeah, Catherine takes advantage of it a lot, but the Salvatores and Elena seem to act like that's not something they want to use. Y'all, that's very useful. It's pre- Yeah, it's pretty useful. Send someone after what they think is a, a human teenager, and it's fucking Catherine, who's crazy. Exactly. So then we go back over to the grill. Bonnie approaches Dr. Martin and asks if he's okay. And he says, hey, where's Elena? And she says, "Mm, why are you looking for Elena? He says, yeah, my son is dead. And she's like, still don't see what that has to do with Elena. And she says, okay, whatever you're thinking, I'm sure there's a better way. Yeah, because she can see that, well, first of all, he's clearly lost it a little bit. And now that his son is dead and she knows that, she's like, okay, well, that's why he's lost it. And he clearly has nothing to lose right now. So this is not going to go well. Yeah. 
And so he says, you know, they killed Elijah and Luca. My best shot to get my daughter back is having Elena. And to be fair, he's right. That is the choice to be like, okay, look, you killed everyone. Here's the doppelganger. Come and get her. This is the thing. He can't think rationally because his son is dead. This is what I think his best shot actually is. Tell them he's coming after Elena. Then when everyone leaves the Salvatore house, go wake up Elijah. Bing bong. That would have been smart. But again, he's not thinking yeah, but it's, it Yeah, I mean, his son just burst into flames in front of him after doing a spell that he requested. It can't be fun to be him because he's like, he's mad at the Salvatores, but he's clearly very mad at himself for putting his son in this situation. Like, As the lesson always is on the Vampire Diaries, leading with emotion will always be a mistake. Yeah. And I mean, he wants to save his daughter, but in saving his daughter, he sacrificed his son. That's not a comforting thing to do. He failed them both. It's clear through this, as this episode goes on, and even now, that you can see uh, Dr. Martin has really lost it and has no intention of getting his thoughts back in order. I think he's like, you know what? I'm going to go fucking crazy. And if I get killed, great. Yeah. Because I think he's like, I have nothing to live for right now. Like, go ahead and kill me. I honestly would welcome it. I welcome the sweet release of death at this point. I really think he wanted to die at this point. Like, it- I mean, he if he didn't want to die, he would not have gone about this this way. So Jonas makes some lights explode. Bonnie says she hasn't seen Elena. He obviously knows that's a lie. But good for Bonnie. She stays stays with her story. She's like, I don't know where she is. And then we check in on Caroline and Matt in the bathroom. They're making out. Matt notices the power is out. And Caroline's like, that's even better, dude. And Matt (laughs) says, no, I really have to work. And so he goes out and leaves. Caroline is so happy. She's smiling at herself in the mirror. It's short-lived because immediately Stefan and Elena come in and they're like, Jonas is here to grab Elena. And I need to get Elena out of here. And we have a plan. Caroline, of course, volunteers to help. Meanwhile, Alert grabs Jenna to leave and to get her out of there. And she says, like, I have to get Elena. And he's like, oh, Elena's with Stefan. She's fine. Which is true. But Jenna, if you're such a parent, aren't you like, that's her boyfriend. No, I'm going to go get her. Yeah, Jenna's like, first of all, we are broken up and I need to check on the on the teenager I'm responsible for. Yeah, but but whatever, it's a TV show. She has to get out of there. It's fine. Yeah. Jonas says to Bonnie, like, I don't want anyone out of here until I have Elena. Now, people are already leaving, so that's not happening. Yeah, so you kind of dropped the, the ball on that, buddy. But some people are just like hanging around, like the power just went out and it's not a big deal. And so then he breaks a bunch of glasses and then people really start running. And then he spills some alcohol and lights a fire. And then everyone's like, OK, we got to get out of here. Yeah, that's when it starts to transition into like Jennifer's body where like a whole club is burning down, essentially, is what it seems like. And the grill apparently is so hard strapped for cash. That can't be good. But yeah. And so he basically puts his like hand on Bonnie's head and makes her pass out. Yeah, he's like, no, he said, we've had enough of this. And Matt tries in vain to like put out the fire. He like waves a towel over the fire fans you kind of like slaps it he's trying to put out the fire with the towel i don't know the word anyway it's not working for him i mean yeah there has to be a fire extinguisher in there but he's not bright he didn't do his fire safety training well but he also gets distracted because he sees bonnie passed out so he just leaves the fire because obviously whatever he's doing isn't working and goes to wake bonnie up and helps her get out of the grill in all the chaos stefan and elena spot dr merton and elena shouts out to him and says like i'm so sorry about luca at this point, it's pretty clear that's Catherine because why would Elena call attention to herself? They were about to get out. He didn't see you. Like Elena's dumb, 
but not that dumb. Like she doesn't care enough about Dr. Martin to apologize in this situation. Well, I I do think it plays because Elena is very emotional. I do think it plays as something Elena would do. But I think also it plays as Catherine wants to get his attention because I think if it was if it wasn't so clear they had a plan going in and Catherine was there, you could be like, oh, Elena, that's kind of dumb. But whatever, it's you, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I was like, okay, well, this is Catherine. Elena says, I'm so sorry about Luca. We did not want that to happen. We want to help you get your daughter back. And Jonas is convinced that Elijah is the only way to do that. And Elena says, you don't need Elijah. And so he sets a couple more fires in retaliation. So then Caroline tackles Jonas and tries to bite him to get him away from Elena and Stefan. But he does the aneurysm thing. So she gets weak. Matt has just gotten Bonnie out the door and hears Caroline screaming. So he comes back to help Caroline. And Caroline tells him not to as he basically like grabs Jonas and he tries to beat Jonas up. And Caroline's like, do not get involved with that. And so what Jonas does is he grabs a bottle, a beer bottle, breaks it and stabs Matt in the neck, sticks this Jack beer bottle in this random teenager's neck. Like, you don't know this guy. Like, I don't like Matt, but what the fuck, dude? Like, do that to a vampire. Like, do that, like, it's just there was no reason for this yeah this was misdirected rage as someone who is constantly like matt should die i was like okay if he dies from this that's just mean yeah it was clear he wasn't going to but it was like what the fuck and so jonas heads out and caroline cries over him she takes a deep breath to like avoid the temptation of the blood that is falling out of matt's neck gushing (laughs) she bites her own arm and gives him her arm so that he can drink her blood to heal him he does drink but he is shook yeah he's like not understanding what's going on but also like the hands in his mouth he's doing it like he can't really fight it at this point doesn't really know what else to do he's like this is weird but okay. he doesn't really have the strength to push her hand off of yeah it. he's like my neck is hurting i can't really move so yeah. i guess i'll drink this blood <laughs> i can't hurt it <laughs> yeah. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Bonnie is catching Jeremy up. She's like, I can't believe Luca is dead after what we did to him. And Jeremy says, I really don't give a fuck. He said, look, I know you feel bad about it, but like you shouldn't. It like it doesn't matter for Luca. Luca's in heaven like, man, this fucking guy. <laughs> and Bonnie's like, I just feel awful because I felt so useless in there. Which I, I get that would be really rough. Like you can't do you can't do anything. Yeah, she got saved by Matt. Can you imagine feeling so useless that Matt saves you? He's like, yeah, I'm going to need these powers back. I can't rely on him. That's a blow to the confidence. (laughs) Then Stefan and Elena get home and they tell them, you know, it's not over yet. And Elena goes upstairs, which would be a weird move if it was really Elena. And Stefan asks when they got home and they say, oh, a couple minutes ago. And he's like, well, did you guys check the house? And Jeremy's like, why would we? Why would we? Someone is out here looking for your sister to kidnap, dummy. And it's not someone who needs to be invited in. Yeah. And, you know, you guys don't know this, but he does know the layout of your house pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, You guys might not be aware of this, but he's been here before. He knows where Elena's room is. He's been around. Elena goes upstairs and looks in the mirror in the bathroom and, like, puts water in her hands. She's barely washing her hands. Catherine, at this point, is barely trying to make it look like she's Elena. She's just trying to look like she's like not paying attention. Like she leans down out of the mirror to like put water on her face. I think it's just because she's like, he needs to pop up from behind a door when I lean up. So I guess I'll yeah. go down. Like she's like, I'll give him the pleasure of scaring me. 
And Jonas is too blinded by his rage to think rationally about the fact that he knows that not only is Catherine Pierce around, but that she was hanging out with the Salvatores earlier. I think he's like, okay, good. I got my dumb old teenage girl who's separated from the pack. They don't know I'm here, blah, blah, blah. He's like, her hair is straightened. I'm done. Yeah. And we also see later that she was wearing Elena's necklace that you couldn't actually see the necklace. So you could see the chain because I saw that when, you know, she was walking. So you could tell that she was trying especially hard to look like Elena. And so Jonas sneaks up behind her, but she brings out the fangs and the veins and she bites him. And then just kind of tosses him down. Yeah. (laughs) And Stefan and Bonnie discover her and she says, you're welcome. And Bonnie says, you know, you didn't have to kill him. And Catherine says, actually, yeah, I did. She's right. But even at this point, I was like, did that kill him? That was just a bite, you know, like. So Bonnie tries to be respectful and like delicately close his eyes like you do when someone dies. Yeah. And he and it's quite a jump scare. He jumps up and grabs her head. Stefan then snaps his neck. So now he is dead, dead. Yeah. Now we're like, okay, that was an actual death. We heard the snap. So same question. You think this is the last we're going to see of Jonas? You think he's dead for good? Yeah, I think. I mean, that witches die like humans. And I think he just, I think he was good with this. I mean, he went into this night knowing that best case he could get Elena, worst case he dies. And I think whichever way it went, he was good with. Well, without Elijah, I think he knows that even if he offered Elena to Klaus, there's no guarantee that he lives through that interaction. Yeah. At that point, Klaus takes Elena, kills him and keeps using his daughter. You know, like it, it just, it wasn't probably going to work. And then he's just stuck here. No daughter, no son feeling guilty about failing having to deal with the fact that like he has some responsibility and even if it is not totally his fault like you can make any argument about whose fault it is but no matter how it shakes out like he still feels guilty he couldn't protect his kids that's just not an easy thing to go through and deal with and so I think he's kind of like I would rather not so then downstairs Elena asks Damon how they convinced Catherine to help and Damon says actually it was her idea And Elena says, "Mm, that's not good. And Damon's like, yep, not good. Yeah, Elena's like, I don't like that. We're we're just doing what she says now. And Damon's like, I don't like it either. But uh, this is what we had to do tonight. So I don't know. So then Stefan and Catherine come downstairs and they're like, everything is taken care of. So she offers Elena her necklace back by tearing it off and breaking the chain, (laughs) bitch. (laughs) Elena's like, thanks, great. Elena's like, okay. And then she says, but your outfit's going to need a dry clean. Mama, it's a Henley. Well, she says your pretty little outfit's going to need a dry clean. One, it's a Henley, so that covers dry cleaning and pretty. But I think she's obviously saying that sarcastically. (laughs) Yeah. And Elena just says, you need to get Catherine out of here before Jenna gets home. And Catherine's like, is that all you're going to say? Catherine's like, are you not going to fucking thank me? Like, I fucking did this for you, bitch. Elena's like, no, I'm not going to fucking thank you. This doesn't change how I feel about you, which I can't blame Elena. Elena's like, I literally hate you. Like, and you know that, and you know, I have reason to. And Catherine's like, okay, well, if we're being open, I don't really like you either. And honestly, I would be very happy to see you dead. But if we're going to take on Klaus, we need you alive. So I am no threat to Elena. And all of you should believe that if nothing else, which is true. That is the one thing we know is that Klaus needs a human doppelganger and Catherine's in trouble because she took away his last human doppelganger by turning into a vampire. The one thing we know about Catherine is that she won't kill Elena or let Elena die if she can help it, you know? Yeah, because if Elena's dead, she's got to start running again and then be looking for another doppelganger. And that's going to take another, like, you know, 
500 years, possibly. If it's even possible, because Elena's mother is Isabel, who's a vampire. Can't have a baby. Elena can have a baby. Not if she dies. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Not if Catherine kills her. Who got Catherine had to kill her. I kind of lost track of it. I know. (laughs) So all this to say, Catherine does not want to kill Elena. That much is clear. There's no point in her killing Elena. It would actually be dumb of her to do it. We don't know everything about Catherine's intentions, but that we can pretty confidently say. Catherine can say a lot of stuff about what she will or won't do. It's pretty clear that it would be dumb of her to kill Elena. And she might not always do like the nice thing or the good thing, but she does do the smart thing. Yeah, that's tea. So then we go out to the porch of the Gilbert house where Lurik has walked Jenna home. I don't know what's taken them so long because they left the grill before everybody and are somehow getting home after. Did Lurik take her on a long loop? And they clearly didn't have like this kind of conversation on the way home. So, but whatever. I can't be hanging on to this. He stopped to get gas to slow them down. Yeah. She thanks him for taking her home and he asks if she'll be okay. She doesn't answer that. And Alaric says, okay, look, Isabel is dead. There are things about her death that I can't tell you that are not for me to tell. And I get if you hate me, but I love you. And that much I can tell you. He said, I just want you to know that. And like, it's not my secret to tell, but I promise you I'm telling you everything I can. And trust me that she is dead. And Jenna is noticeably affected by this because it's the most honesty that she's gotten from Rick in a while, or at least it seems genuine, obviously, at the time. And it does make sense to say, like, look, there's a, there are secrets that, like, I can't tell because that implies that it's Elena's secret to tell. Or know? that it's John's. Yeah. It puts the onus on them, which he kind of needs to do right now because John's really been turning it on Alaric lately. Yeah. But Jenna just kind of lets it sit. She doesn't really bite on it. She says, good night, and Alaric leaves. That's Jenna's classic move. She's like, I'm not giving you anything right away. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to need a second. So then she comes in and tells Elena that tonight was weird. And Elena says, yeah, me too. Yeah, Elena's like, you have no fucking idea. And then we go check in with Jeremy and Bonnie. I'm not totally sure where they are. And Jeremy says he's really worried about Bonnie. He's like, look, Bonnie, the only witch who could give you your powers back is dead. And I really think you're in denial about that. And I'm really worried about you. But she kisses him. And he's like, I'm good, actually. (laughs) Yeah, he said, actually, I'm not worried anymore. And then she touches his chest and flickers the lights. And she's like, when Jonas grabbed me, he gave me my powers back because Jonas wants me to kill Klaus. And Jeremy asks if he gave her a how. And she says, yup. Yeah. Jeremy's like, well, did he tell you how to do that? Because like, obviously, we want to do that, but we don't know. And she said, "Mm mm-hmm. And that's classic Jonas uh, in witch loyalty to be like, look, I'm going to give you your powers back and you have to be the one to do this now. Like you have to finish this mission. Yeah. Since all these other people suck. He's like, look, you can work with the vampires, but I need to know there is a witch who is on this path. Who's going to get my goal accomplished. Yeah. And so then we go back over to the Salvatore house. Damon is laying in bed, continuing to read. And Catherine joins him in a full negligee, hair curled back to original Catherine. Yeah, she said, I am done with the fucking flat hair. It won't be me. And so Damon says, you know what I can't figure out? How the town knew Emily Bennett was a witch. Because according to John Gilbert, he was the only one who knew and he didn't turn her in. And he's basically accusing Catherine of doing it and she doesn't deny it. She sees that pretty clearly and she's like, yeah. (laughs) She's like, look, she was a loose end. I like mine tied up. And Catherine says, but here's what I can't figure out. Why won't you tell me the site of the witch massacre? And he says, well, I don't know it. And she says, come on, 
You knew Emily Bennett was the key to getting me out of the tomb. So I'm assuming you did everything in your power to keep her safe and alive. And yet you somehow don't know where she was killed. Who's the liar now? The logic is clear. Obviously, he's hiding it from her. He knows it as well as she does, but he's not going to bite on it. Yeah, I mean, he knows where it is, but he's just not going to tell her. And she's like, well, I know that, you know, and he's like, but that's fine. He's like, you can know that, honey. I'm still not going to tell you. So then she changes directions and she says, you hurt me today. And he says, tip for tat. And she says, you were mean. And then she's like, but I kind of liked it. He said it was very hot and sexy of you. She kind of starts making a move on him. She says she likes this version of Damon and she gets like close to kissing him. And he says, Catherine, there are six other bedrooms in this house. Go find one. And he pushes her away. It's seven bedroom house. Fucking rich. Well, it's been there for a while. It was a boarding house. I guess that makes sense. So Catherine leaves a little annoyed, but not too shaken because her confidence is up top. You got to respect about Catherine that she this morning was like, yeah, I chose to kill you over your brother who I like more. And tonight said, I think I'm going to make a move on David. Yeah, she said, I think I got him. And, you know, she bounces right back. She's like, who cares? I am still having fun. It was all right. Bluff called, bluff called. So then we go over to, I believe, the Donovan house um, where Matt wakes up, gasps, and Caroline says, hi. And he's like, um, what the hell? And it all starts coming back to me. He remembers everything. He remembers drinking her blood. Caroline says, well, you know, you were dying and my blood healed you. And he says, mm, <laughs> you need to explain more. He's like, I don't think she's right, but I don't know enough about blood to dispute it. Like yeah. he's, he's like, that doesn't sound right. But he doesn't seem to know for sure. So she confirms that's what vampire blood does for humans. And I'm a vampire. And he's like, no. And she says, but like, it's going to be okay. I'm going to tell you everything. You'll understand why I kept it from you. And we're going to be fine because we love each other. Yeah, she's like, we are in love. We're good. And now we can just share this. So I just want to remind you that we are in love. We were very happy earlier. And he is not taking this well. He's kind of freaking out. And the reason being, he immediately connects it to Vicky because when Vicky was in the hospital, she said something about vampires. And he thought she was like joking or tripping or whatever, but he's connecting it all. Then Matt asks what Caroline did. And with all the information Matt knows, he doesn't know when Caroline became a vampire and she didn't offer that up right away. He doesn't know of any other vampires in town at this moment, although if he did a little thinking, he could pretty quickly get to Stefan. But it is not an insane leap giving the information Matt has and the mood he's in to assume that Caroline is the one that killed Vicky and that is exactly what he does. Yeah, that is a very fair logic jump that he made and he's like oh my god like you killed vicky and she's like oh no but that's the thing because it's so clear to caroline that she turned into a vampire so long after vicky died she doesn't even consider that that's something she's gonna have to cover yeah she probably like didn't think about that honestly like she that just never made any connection to her and so she's like oh i don't even know how to handle this accusation she's not prepared to explain it and matt is not prepared to listen to anything rational because he's like Caroline killed my sister. That's all he can think right now. Again, at least when uh, Tyler thought Caroline killed Mason, like she at least knew enough about what happened with Mason to like kind of understand where that was coming from. I She doesn't know like any of the circumstances around Vicky. Or if she does, she just ha- doesn't connect them to herself at all. Yeah. Or she connects them in a different way because when, she, when they found Vicky's body, Caroline was convinced it was a drug overdose. So she keeps insisting that she did nothing, but Matt is so freaked out he wants to leave. 
But of course, Caroline cannot let him leave in these conditions. Yeah, because then he's going to go tell someone something. Yeah, so she's like, you can't leave. And of course, he's like, well, now she's going to kill me, of course. Yeah, because she does her fast run to block the door, which obviously scares him. Yeah, so he keeps yelling at her. She tells him to calm down and we kind of leave them there. We don't really see how that closes out. And then we go back over to the Gilbert house where Jenna is having ice cream. Uh, John and Jeremy are asleep and Elena checks in with Jenna and Jenna says, you know, if I go to bed right now, I might wake up hangover free. And they're like smiling. They're having fun. And then the doorbell rings. And Elena and Jenna are like, who is ringing the doorbell at this hour? Because we can assume it's late at night. Jenna goes to answer the door and Elena has some ice cream. But Elena pretty quickly follows because she's probably like, mm, I should probably also see who's at the door. And we see that it is Isabel. And she introduces herself to Jenna as Elena's mother, Isabel. Obsessed with this timing. I mean, Isabel knew exactly when would cause the most chaos because the rumors have been swirling. She was going to come back. But after Alaric just gave this whole speech, like, look, Alaric said, there are two things you can trust. I love you and my wife's dead. And then his wife shows up for all intents and purposes alive. Not an hour later. Isabel was like, okay, that's my cue, babes. And that's the end of the episode. So I have to ask, why do you think Isabel is in town now? What do you think she's here for? What do you think she's going to do? Well, so we knew that Isabel was like, well, what we were told was that Isabel was quote unquote busy. And that's why she wasn't here yet. I mean, that's probably a lie. But we also know that she didn't necessarily want Klaus to come to Mystic Falls. Like that wasn't like that was this idea that, oh, if Isabel gets what she wants, he won't ever even get here. I mean, I think it's getting to a point where enough people are fighting for the same thing that she's like, well, I have to be around and and deal with this. So you think she's going to like team up with the whole team? I mean, I think she's teaming up with Catherine and John still, which is somewhat overlapping now. But I think there's still a different goal in terms of like how they're doing this. I mean, Jonas had the how to kill Klaus. That may not may or may not be the same how that Isabel has. So do you think Isabel wants to kill Klaus also? Yeah. What do you think Isabel's motivation for killing Klaus is? Because it kind of seems like getting involved here is not necessary for her in any way and will only turn against her. I think it's just because she like loves the drama. I think it's stupid, but I think she like cares about power and like wants to kill Klaus or may like. You don't think she wants to protect her daughter at all? Uh, maybe. I, I don't think that's the main reason. I think that would be a nice side thing. It is also a possibility. I mean, I've mentioned that it's weird that Isabel has all this originals information so quickly. Even if she's a researcher, that's a really good researcher. So I'm thinking either somehow she got that news out of Klaus or another original or like, I don't know, she stole something to get that information and the originals are pissed at her now. She's still young enough that it's really weird the amount of information she has on the originals. Maybe she is just really good at research. That's a lot of information to get from a lot of sources that I don't know how you'd find. I mean, we can assume that baseline knowledge of the originals she probably would have gotten from Catherine, depending they've been friends for a while. But to be fair, she knows a lot more than Catherine does. So I think that's a good thing to think about. Keep in mind, we don't know how she knows all that. Yeah, so I think that could be one reason that like maybe the originals are pissed at her. It's not good if you're an original. Like one of the pluses for them is that people think that they can kill an original with a stake. I'm sure that comes in very handy. And if someone out there knows how to kill the originals and is like telling people, yeah, I'd want her dead. Do you think Isabel might know the location of other daggers? Might be able to get more of those? Yeah, I mean, she got one. No reason why she couldn't at least have a lead on another. 
again, I've said this, if this is a specific kind of dagger that can kill me, I'm not like leaving that anywhere. Like that's staying at my own home as an original. So Isabel having that dagger is also something that could have pissed them off. So overall, you think Isabel is in town, big picture, to kill Klaus. Yeah. My other question is, what do you think is next for Caroline and Matt? How do you think this revelation is going to change their relationship? So, I mean, there are two clear paths here. Work through it, talk Matt off the ledge, get him in on this, or we take the Liz Forbes route, compel it away. Caroline knows that at this point, to be with him, she would have to have him know about this. I mean, I think that's just part of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's scary if she thinks it's safe to tell him and then he freaks out. So I think there's a good chance that this just that she kind of is like, okay, well, that didn't work. But I think I would bet that she would want to fight through it. If she really loves Matt enough, she would want to be like, no, we have to talk through this. And again, it's just safer for more people to know about this at this point. Because the reason he's gotten into trouble is that he doesn't know what to protect himself from. Like when Catherine compelled him to try to get Tyler to kill him, like he just didn't know that there was someone who looked like Elena who could compel him. So at this point, I think if she really loves him, she has to kind of fight through and tell him all this. Matt finding out that Damon turned his sister and Stefan killed her as a result of that won't be good. I mean, he's not going to be able to do anything about it. Let's be honest, like that's no match for either of them. But it, it's just a lot for him to have to work through. So I think Caroline has this choice of, is it worth helping him work through it? Or do we just go back to something simpler, but less real? You think there's going to be someone out there who thinks it's going to be easier to kill Matt? Eh, threat. He's not a threat to their life, but he is a threat to their livelihood because he could freak out and snitch to someone. Now, I don't know who he would snitch to. I don't think he has this understanding that the Founders Council knows anything. And also one of his parents isn't on the Founders Council. Like, who do you think he would snitch to? Mrs. Lockwood or Liz Forbes. I think those are the two he would think about. I mean, Liz is going to find out about Caroline being a vampire at some point again. Um, It would make sense that Matt would do it. Do you think Matt's going to be able to accept this? Or do you think he's never going to be able to get past it? I mean, I think he's going to accept it eventually. Um, I think it's harder for him because of the Vicky of it all and know that that's what happened. He, he's also kind of come to terms with the fact that Vicky was just like kind of a disaster waiting to happen. I mean, he had to deal with his mom doing what he essentially thought Vicky did and clearing that out of his life. So I honestly think he can get past it. So that's the end of this week's episode. As always, if you're enjoying the Vampire Diaries or Doppelgangers, you can recommend it to your friends and also leave us five stars and a glowing review on Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. So for now, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.